Nothing goes over my head. My reflexes are too fast. I would catch it. Hello and welcome to this episode of Game On Girl, where we talk about gender and game culture. I'm your host, Regina McMenemy. And I'm your co-host, Rhonda Oglesby. This is episode 131 and is recorded on September 26, 2014. And we're doing a headline show today focused on feminism. And we'll do a wrap about how we've been geeking out over this week. So stay tuned and thanks for listening to Game On Girl. So feminism has been kind of a hot topic lately. Oh, boy. Have you noticed this? Yeah, and <laughs> the, the thing that's, that's um, and it's interesting because, I mean, everything's, everything's got to get thrown against the wall and see mm-hmm. what sticks, but it's, it's really muddy right now. It is. There, I mean, there's a really lot. Muddy. There's a lot of murk. There's a lot of, like, there's a lot of crazy um, you know, we didn't, we didn't talk on this show. We were on the married gamers and we talked about the whole Gamergate thing over there. And, um, yes. if you want to check out the episode where we talked about Gamergate, you're welcome to, we're not going to be addressing it on the show. Um, cause honestly, I think it's already been given too much, uh, press. Yeah. So, um, so we're not going to be talking about that, uh, but we're going to be talking about some other things that have happened sort of in the last few days, um, and some articles that have come up. So, um, let's start first with, uh, one from, uh, Ted Ideas, uh, article from Lillian Chen, uh, her gamer tag is milk tea and the title is what is it, what's it like to be a woman in competitive gaming? A female gamer explains. Uh, so did you have a chance to read this one, Rhonda? Yeah, I did. And um, I followed up with um, another blog post that she linked to that she said had gotten um, quite a bit of traction, mm-hmm. um, actually, in um, more national media and stuff. And I um, I really didn't get a whole lot out of the article, but she made two really great points. And she's, she's very articulate. She, she is, writes yeah. really well. She does, yes. It was really nicely done, yeah. Very level-headed. Mm-hmm. Um, I love that someone like her is writing from her perspective as a professional gamer, mm-hmm. and she has such a, a beautiful, positive outlook about it and has learned, um, to me, some extremely important lessons from it and that she's passing that on. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And I love that she, she's very much, I think, a self-gamer uh, in terms of kind of gamer types. I think she sees herself mm-hmm. in what she's gaming. And I loved the kind of... Um, personal exploration and uh, mm-hmm. identity that came out of this whole process for her. That was one of the reasons why I wanted us to talk about it because it really oh, is yeah. an example of sort of personal growth in gaming. Yeah. And I mean, we, we too, we both of us got something different out of that, but yeah, I know what you're talking about. And mm-hmm. she, she addresses that. Why don't you go ahead and explain what she was doing there? Well, she was talking about how, um, how she was so shy just in general as a person and how, uh, uh, gaming and competitive gaming, uh, was like the place where she, she learned to kind of come out of her shell a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and, at first, with the negative attention she got sort of being a female gamer, uh, she, it, it made her back off from the whole the whole institution until she realized it was something that she loved and she wanted to go back to it. Yeah. And, and it reminds me of a, 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 someone I talked to recently at DragonCon who mentioned that, you know, um, growing up as a kid, the kind of things that I was interested in, I 
couldn't talk about. Right. I got made fun of and I got bullied, but they said when I go to Dragon Con, I can talk about all that stuff. Right, exactly. It's the place where your community is. Yeah. Right. And that's essentially what sort of ended up happening for Milk Tea, um, Lillian Chen, is that she 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 grew that community in, you know, in Smash. Mm-hmm. Which is fantastic. So yeah. I I love I love stories where gaming um, maps over out you know the skills or whatever you're developing in game map over into your real life, and this yeah. is a great a great example of sort of the way she kind of found herself and came to grips with who she was and what was important to her through gaming. Yeah, and it's funny because actually in that same theme, I observed. Um, something entirely different, which is really cool. Um, She was talking about actually in the process of while she was in competitive gaming, Mm -hmm. that she heard this kind of sexist attitude from other gamers about, you know, what's that girl doing here? She's a real gamer, blah, blah, blah. And she noticed at some point she started doing that. Mm -hmm. And that she picked it up and she recognized this and she was like oh whoa where did this come from and how did I turn into this person right and so I thought it was really great during her process that she recognized that when she when you enter this community whether or not that you previously said those types of things whether you're sexist or not you can pick up a lingo and not really understand what you're saying right um You just kind of fall into it because it's what everybody else is doing. Right. And that doesn't necessarily mean that you're sexist. She was picking up the lingo. She was moving with the crowd. But she was able to step back and observe, Mm -hmm. okay, what's going on here? What are the dynamics? Why am I doing this? And that was part of her self-growth. And I just, I I love that. See, to me, that's the other side of it. When you mention, um, she goes on to mention in that blog post I followed um, the link to, just because a guy says something jerky online doesn't mean he knows he's being sexist. Right. He's in the community like she was. He's saying something stupid, but that doesn't mean that he woke up that morning and said, I'm going to be a sexist jerk this morning <laughs> and I'm going to enjoy it. Yeah. Well, well Some so much. Would- Go ahead. Yeah. Some people are just ignorant about what they're saying. Yeah. And and so much of what, you know, what we learn in terms of behavior is mimicked. Exactly. I mean, that idea of, you know, I I remember this. I I went to New Zealand a few years ago, um, more than a few now. But um, (laughs) I remember being in my first restaurant um, in New Zealand. And I knew because I had read, you know, the tourist books. Uh, tipping is not part of the the culture in New Zealand, so mm-hmm. you don't tip your wait staff, which is yeah. fine. So I knew that, but I didn't know that they don't bring you the check. Oh, like they don't bring you the check to your table. How oh, interesting. Um, you go up to the counter and you pay on your way out of the restaurant. Oh, which maybe. is fine. But I didn't know that, and so I was sitting <laughs> in at my table. I had finished my meal. And I was waiting for the check because that's what you do in American restaurants or U.S. restaurants, you know, United States. That's what we do here. We wait. So I was waiting and nothing was coming. And so I started to watch and observe everybody else in the restaurant. So I could figure out the social cues of what I was yes. missing. And, and that's how I learned you 
pick up your stuff and you get ready to go and you walk up to the counter and you pay on your way out the door, yep. uh, which is fine. And then I knew that from then on. That was, I swear, like I'd been off the plane maybe th- two out, two or three hours <laughs> yeah. at that point when I was in this restaurant. And I had wicked jet lag because jet lag to New Zealand, mm-hmm. that is something special. <laughs> yeah, but that that's an absolutely brilliant example yes. of picking up social cues. Exactly. And depending on what that social community is. Right. And if you're in a competitive gaming community and mm-hmm. the the sexist conversations are going on, you may ignorantly pick up these cues. Right. And that's the reason why I, t- I try to communicate um, through the show and through my writings and, and at the cons, don't immediately assume the this worst. is an evil person. Right. Don't assume the worst. No. Take the, take this step, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mountains are made out of molehills. And typically, if you just say something, um, people will stop and start thinking about the words they're using. Well, that's exactly it. it it's, if we're going to change the social cues, mm-hmm. you, yes. you have to take the step to call people on their behavior. And if you're in that moment and somebody is saying something that is sexist or inappropriate or you know, wrong on, on whatever level, in whatever community you happen to be in when it's happening, y- you you need to say something because silence is acceptance. Exactly. You, you accept the behavior when you're silent about it. Or but don't be a douche when you call them out. I mean, right, exactly. You know. be, be rational, be reasonable. And even if it's something as simple as, hey, that really hurt my feelings. Even if it wasn't directed at you, if it was directed at someone else, that hurt yeah. my feelings that you said that to someone. Make it about you and not about the person who's saying it. Yeah. You know, and it's, it's really hard. It's really hard in moments. It's really hard when your adrenaline's amped up when you're gaming. Mm-hmm. You know? mm-hmm. It's hard to take that step and be, you know, careful with what you're saying so it's so it's received positively. Yeah. Yeah. So but yeah, it was it was it was a good insight. I, yeah. I appreciated that that information was out there. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Well, the other one that you sent me was um, Emma Watson's uh, UN speech. Yes, and I had heard in passing that um, Emma Watson had been appointed mm-hmm. uh, to spokesperson. Yeah, spoke as a spokesperson. Um, and before everybody should know that I'm, I'm sort I'm sort of out of touch. I went on vacation and I missed the UN speech and some of the news feedback and I've only seen headlines, but I went out and watched it. Um, I don't know who wrote her speech. I don't know if she wrote her speech and uh, I would have gotten collaboration. My God, I wouldn't have stood up in front of the Oh, UN can you imagine I'm... in the UN and just Jeez. like with your, you know, I would have, yeah, there definitely would have been people helping me write something like that. Um, She's extremely well composed, very articulate. Yep. Yep. Um, I love the way she delivered her speech. I agree. I mean, all the technicality involved mm-hmm. in the logistics and stuff. She was um, a, a, a well-appointed spokesman. Mm-hmm. I Absolutely. Think. Um, so, um, as far as the speech goes, um, what did you take from it? Uh, I liked a lot of what she was saying. Again, I love the personal reflections um, that she shared about um, her girlfriends who didn't want to become too muscly, um, about being sexualized as an actress when she was 14. Yeah. Um, and I, I love that part. I loved that she called it out in terms of gender equality not being just a female issue. Yeah. Um, which, of course, the He for She campaign is about, which is what she was promoting for the UN, um, was getting, you know, men more involved in 
working toward gender equality. Uh, and I like that that was the, the thrust of the speech. Uh, and that movement is about getting men involved because I think, like she said at the beginning of the speech, you know, feminism has sort of become uh, synonymous with man bashing. Yeah. And it doesn't need to, it doesn't, that's not what it's about. And it really has gotten a bad rap for that reason. Yeah. I, that's part of what I liked about the speech. It was extremely, it was extremely intelligent and it, it pointed at some of the big issues mm-hmm. that are like we said at the beginning, that's, that's starting to muddy this up. Yes. Yeah. And it's, it's a valid thing to discuss whether, um, feminism is actually the word that that ha- entails everything that we're dealing with and i love the way like you said that emma brought up this is this is about equality for mm-hmm. all sexes exactly um this is equality about all genders right and s- let's not make the mistake that men are not stereotyped Women are not stereotyped. There are there's a particular thrust for certain areas in which women need better equality, but the 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 main point is, you know, this is not a, a female issue. Right. This is an everybody this is an issue. issue for everybody, mm-hmm. and um, we've got to help each other. We're, this is not us against you, and I mm-hmm. love that. I love that attitude. It's like, look, this is something we all want. Yep. We're not, nobody's losing anything. Right. And, and that's exactly it. I think that that's the thing that is the hardest for people to swallow with what feminism should be. It, it shouldn't cause anybody to lose anything. It should be everybody's equal. And why wouldn't yeah. you want everybody to be equal? That means men are equal. Women are equal. Everybody's equal. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> You know, it really is a, a drive toward equality. And I think that that has gotten lost in the last, you know, I, I, I it's just gotten lost through the whole process of, of feminism. I'm teaching uh, gender fra- frameworks class right now. Uh, and I'm really enjoying the class just in general. I have some fantastic students who already know a lot about feminism and who came into the class with a lot of, you know, knowledge about gender, which was great for me because this is essentially the introductory class to the minor at my university. So, you know, it's nice that they already kind of had a a framework for what we were going to be talking about. And that's one of the hardest things for them about wanting to call themselves a feminist. We talked about that the first day I asked them, are you a feminist? And they had to think about it. And some of them were like, well, I don't know, because, you know, I don't want to be a feminist if it means, you know, I hate men. And I'm like, well, that's not what it means. <laughs> right. <laughs> and it shouldn't be what it means. It should be that everybody's working toward equality. And that class, that class meeting was literally right after Beyonce had been on the um, Video Music Awards, the mm-hmm. MTV Awards, and had stood up in front of the word feminist. Oh, yeah. You saw that, too. Yeah. Now I'm totally out of touch. Yeah, it was fantastic. She has a she has a song that opens with essentially the definition of feminism, which is you know equality for social, economic, and um, oh, I can't remember what the third piece of it is. Um, so it opens with that that con- that quote, and then she was standing silhouetted against feminist and all you know, bright letters on the stage. And it was fantastic. So it was a nice, it was nice timing. And then this comes up while I'm teaching, you know, gender frameworks. Yeah. (laughs) So it's been really great timing for me teaching. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you the other thing that I, uh, I picked up on, um, with 
um, Emma Watson's speech that I loved. She was, um, her, the words were so well, were crafted in that mm-hmm. is that she started using the term spectrum. Mm-hmm. Yes, and exactly. we've had, and you might remember yeah. uh, someone else on here before mm-hmm. who introduced, uh, the word spectrum, gender spectrum. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I think that, that again, I'm wondering if the conversation is actually muddied by the word feminism because it's a one side, so much bigger. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's so much more going on here. Mm-hmm. And, when we're talking about um, transgender and um, all everything else, the LBGT, and you know, I, I think feminism may be getting um, too weighty mm. to carry what all's going on. And spectrum is beautiful. I'm hoping something comes from that. Huh. Well, we'll see. It'll be interesting to see if it does actually evolve into a different a different word. Yeah. Um, but you know, well. But there is more mud. There is more mud. There was, of course, mud slinging at Emma Watson, <laughs> which turned out to be really weird. Like, yes, really, and this is really this weird. Is, this really raised a flag for me because um, I don't know whether very many people have been following our blog, but Jerry recently posted um, a, an article about feminism or misogyny in uh, Red Dead Redemption. Mm-hmm. And we've had several exchanges with, and I'll look up here because I want to be sure and mention. Um, Smudboy. Smudboy, yeah, thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, with them, and he posted an article on, hi- on his site making the accusation that we had deleted his comment or blocked his comment Um which, I, you know, I hate to tell you people, but we're just not smart enough to do that. <laughs> and not only that, but um, we get so few comments, we, we you know, we would just keep it. <laughs> I mean, yeah. like, but um, we link to his comment. I've commented back. And for the most part, I really agreed with most of what Smud Boy was saying. But what gets muddy is there is this targeted fine point effort to attack or create number one, Gamergate is muddying everything. Gamergate is not about feminism. No. Gamergate is about journalistic integrity. Well, it was intended to be about journalistic it integrity. It should have been. And now yeah. it's being thrown around that it, it encompasses everything about feminism. And that's what I was trying to tell this guy that followed up later with Smud Boy that, you know, it's like, okay, this has nothing to do with Gamergate. Mm-hmm. But then they threw, kept throwing Gamergate in because, like, okay, this is the mud. You can't right. explain the mud because there's too much in it. Um, but to me, part of this is part. Of, it could be part of the reason why we got some attention on it is that I, it is uh, making headlines. Right. It is trending. It yeah. is popular, and everything about social media is likes and favorites. And if you want to get an article written about you, then um, trash Anita Sarkeesian. Yeah. <laughs> if you want to get a headline on a, a Polygon, do a hoax against Emma Watson. Yeah, that's that was really unfortunate. The the backlash against, or you know, quote unquote, because it's it wasn't really. Um, immediately after her speech went viral and she, she gave it and it was on YouTube and it was everywhere and everybody was talking about it, the site popped up that was a countdown to, you know, nude pictures revealed of Emma Watson. Mm-hmm. And 
then when the countdown, you know, uh, clock was up, it linked to some viral marketing company that doesn't really exist. Yeah. And there were no pictures. They were just like, oh, you know, this is why 4chan needs to go away. And this is why 4chan is awful and evil and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, this is the reason why we did this this way. And I just thought it was, it was so weird. It, it was just a perfect example of like using the internet and the power of the internet for weird, unhelpful reasons. <laughs> yeah. And that's, un- that's unhelpful means. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, people, if you do not want this type of stuff to get attention, Quit talking about it. Yes, exactly. Quit commenting on it. Yep. Quit liking it. Quit forwarding it. Don't feed the quit trolls. Lying to it mm-hmm. because you're um, you're feeding the system, and that's social media. We have built social media this way, mm-hmm. and in the same way with with everything, there is good and there is evil with it. The tesseract is good; it has unlimited energy. But in the hands of Loki, it's evil. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Social media is the exact same way. Yeah. It allows you to send information very quickly. Um, it makes um, anyone that wants to be a news reporter, uh, propagator of information, uh, to share and create a community. But in the same way, we have allowed the trolls to... Um, gain popularity to run the show exactly Mm -hmm. and that's what's happening that's why the emma watson hoax worked yeah exactly because everybody expected that to happen yes and it got the attention they wanted yep and that's the reason why it was it was a complete dead end had nothing to do with anything and because there are people who simply get their yucks Mm -hmm. off this kind of behavior yeah um Unfortunately, people like Emma Watson and Anita Sarkeesian are victims of this. Mm-hmm. But we are still talking about the Anita Sarkeesian game. We are still talking about all of this type of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, now, it belongs in some part of a conversation. Um, it, it belongs in a conversation about security and about um, control. Mm-hmm. Um but as far as the social media, that's the reason why that you know when I sp- responded to Smud Boy, I wanted to know, do you want to have a conversation? And he did. Mm-hmm. He replied well, and we had it. We had a, an interchange, but he also still fell back on this. Ca- there's a campaign for some reason about Anita Sarkeesian. It's like, okay, well, whatever. I don't have anything yeah. to do with that. Yeah, and and. And unfortunately, it's also the tone that's taken. Um, oh God, yeah. You know, is is a big problem. Oh yeah. Uh, you know, it's kind of like we were saying earlier um, with social cues that people are taking. Yeah. The social cues around all this and the social cues around GamerGate are to um, to personally shame whoever's writing about it. Well, that's the, that's what bubbles to the top. Yeah, exactly. That's how you get to the top. And that's and that's what unfortunately gets attention. And that's. That needs to be ignored. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there's no way you're going to create content online and you're not going to have somebody personally attack the, you the eventually. The people that need to deal with that, uh, the people, Yahoo, Xbox, Google, yeah. the social media 
companies need to deal with that. Right, right. Like um, League of Legends has done. Yes. With you will be banned if you behave badly. You know, there needs to be more of that, you know, happening. Um, And more companies that will stand up and say, you know, this this behavior is unacceptable. It would be unacceptable. I mean, if you were at a con and people behave like they do online, you would get kicked out of the con. So it should be. That should be. If you behave like that at the grocery store. Yeah, exactly. You're arrested. Yeah, exactly. You know, I mean, these these are not behaviors that would be acceptable in any other format. So they shouldn't be acceptable online. So, you know. You're right. We do need to have more large companies stand up and take a stand and deal with this and deal with it face on and head on. Yeah. So, yeah. So I had seen an article before I went on vacation about the uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt feminism video. Uh And I'm glad you brought it back to my attention because I didn't tag it to go back and look at. Oh, (laughs) Um, so I love him. (laughs) I very much enjoyed. I've, I've loved him since 30, uh, third rock. Rock. Yeah. Yeah. Um, He's He's a great actor. Talented. He's amazingly talented. Like I, I, I totally underestimated him in, in some of the roles that he's done, but going back and like I had mentioned in one of our raps recently, I've been watching third rock and, you know, he was talented kid and he, you know, watching him in Don John really oh, I haven't finished that yet. He really embodied that character. Like just really, really became that guy. And that was great. And, you know, and watching the video, he has a video on, um, uh, on his, uh, production company i guess it's called hit record hit record yes um it's awesome and he's he goes he just comes out and he's like well i got all this press because i said i was a feminist and i don't really understand why that happened you know yeah i'm a feminist you know and my mom is a good reason why i'm a feminist and um and i just really it was a really well done video and he's calling for people to record videos of themselves talking about feminism and they're going to use them for one of his shows that he's putting together um, yeah, I'm sorry. I got distracted because I was, I was looking at, at trivia. Sorry. Oh, <laughs> I, I think his breakout role was, uh, bricks. It was, uh, I, I'm not sure whether it's independent film or not brick. I'm sorry. Oh, I don't um, know. set in California at high school and it has to do with the uh, murder of a, a girl and a drug ring at the school. Oh, um, brilliant film. Oh, I don't, yeah, brilliant. I don't, I don't know that. I don't know that one. I'll have to check um, that out. Yeah. Check that out and check out the lookout. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, and if you haven't seen him, um, doing a, the lip sync battle on Jimmy Fallon. Oh God. I've got to say that. You have got, I mean, you, I just have no words for the level of awesome in that. Okay. Um, I'm sorry. I got us on a love fest. <clears throat> so, <laughs> So tell me again what the follow-up was about um, his feminism video. Oh, so... He had uh, Hit Record already. Yeah, yeah, Hit Record has existed. They did. They right. do a show um, that airs on Pivot. Um, to, and it's won some awards. Yeah, and it's won some awards, and it's mm-hmm. doing really well. He's got this whole production company going on. I mean, it just I love these um, these actors who, like, you know, really kind of do their own thing in addition to doing, you know, their hits. Um, but um, he's calling for people to do recordings of what feminism means to them or, you know, what essentially what it means to be a feminist um, and talk about the great women in your lives and to record those and submit them, and they'll use them for one episode of Hit Record. Yeah, I, I just loved it. Yeah, 
yeah so that was the end call for this this video so it was it was really great I, th I think that that will be um let, let's say i trust him mm -hmm. to look at those videos and understand um what is feminism yes and the different perspectives that are there yep and um to put out good positive healthy perspectives on feminism yes. from that absolutely and i mean you know it might make people think exactly um, exactly because i mean far far from it would i ever consider my mom or my grandmother any of my maternal line to be feminist hmm. at all interesting um i consider my mom an accidental feminist yeah the the um very traditional women but mm -hmm. after my grandfather passed away and my grandmother was on her own i realized a whole lot of things about her i'd never seen before mm -hmm. yeah it's, it's funny how that kind of happens it was always there mm -hmm. yeah but you just don't see it because it's you sort of overshadowed by the relationship as opposed to this person as an individual this my grandmother was an incredibly strong, con convicted woman. Uh, with her, she was solid in her convictions. Um, she was, she's incredibly courageous, and undaunted. Mm -hmm. And you, you didn't realize how much of that was going on in the background. Yeah. Um, until this big powerhouse was moved. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, I see the exact same things in my own mother. Yeah. Yeah, um, I would say the same about my mom when my dad and died. So, yeah, and so the the mm -hmm. feminism actually, there's they have found their own strength. Mm -hmm. Yep. Um, my I would never go so far to say that that my mother or my grandmother. I would have at one point, mm -hmm. but with maturity, as I'm looking at it, uh, neither of those women gave up anything. Yeah, they they, they exerted their strength, and it it's it's beautiful from. Um, Joseph Gordon-Levitt's question to be able to look at that. Yeah, and absolutely. To remember that. And to yeah. see him and to see the roots of where that comes from for everybody. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's it's great. I, I, I look forward to it now, to checking out his network. He's a good Me writer. Too. Yeah, yeah, a absolutely. A good director. Yep. And uh, a good spokesman. I mean, it's one of those people where you're glad um, to have their to have their voice added to it. Mm-hmm. And and know that it, maybe it's not going to add mud. Yeah, you know, <laughs> it's not going to be mud flinging. <laughs> yeah, and confuse things. Up. So those were those were great articles, Regina. Oh. Thanks for sending all those our way. My that pleasure. Was, yeah, My that pleasure. was. Uh, in, I, in a lot of ways, uh, um, some a little positives on the 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 really muddy situation that's going well, on. Well, that's. Now. I was trying to focus on that. Um, I was trying to focus on things that were. Um, uplifting for feminism and for people just in general, because I think that uh, there was a lot of crap with uh, Gamergate. Um, and it really, as kind of Chris said on the Married Gamers when we were on the show, it's like, this is the community that we love. And we yeah. love gaming and we love our gamers and we love the people who listen to the show. And it's really unfortunate that this kind of is a mess that got associated with gamers and gaming. So yeah. I wanted to make sure we could kind of elevate out of it a little bit as best as we can. So. Yeah. Time to move on. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, guys. Move on. Send us your positive uh, gender stories. <laughs> yes, please. We want to hear your good stories. <laughs> Mm-hmm.
Well, this is our wrap segment where we talk about what we've been watching, reading, and playing for the past few weeks. Um, what have you been reading, Regina? Re- <laughs> Who's that? <laughs> I don't know. What have I been reading? Um, well, as uh, longtime listeners of the show know, I'm a fan of uh, PC Cast and Kristen Cast's series, mm-hmm. The House of Night. Um, and the very, 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 very last book in the series comes <laughs> out in October. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. So it's coming out next month. So I am rereading Revealed, which is the second, the penultimate, the second to last um, book in the series. So I picked that up to reread it. And it's it's a very muddy book. Speaking of mud, hmm. the story is really kind of muddy and one of the things I'm, I'm, I kind of enjoyed about it, but I kind of didn't, was I'm not really sure where the last book is going to go. Like, I, I don't know how this is going to get wrapped up in one more book. Yeah. From what's happened in this book. So I'll be really interested to see how it ends up getting wrapped up. Um, I won't, you know, reveal anything about either book because they're both reasonably new. But, um, but yeah, so, so I'm going to be curious to see how this goes and where, where okay. this goes. So Cool. Yeah. Let us know. I will. Oh, what, do you, what have you been reading? Well, I finished uh, Chasing the Dead by Tim Weaver. We had on the um, show. Yeah, I, I, got, I had ordered it before we had him on the show so I could have the first book in the series, the David Raker series. And I finished it up, and <clears throat> it is really good. Um, I know he, he said that it was, it was kind of rough, but uh, I, I still really enjoyed it. You can still see um, Tim's voice in it mm-hmm. and where he's coming from, and I think... I really enjoyed it because it established the characters uh, that were in Never Coming Back. Right. And that helped a lot. You can actually see where they're coming from. Yeah. Yeah. That's always So I started In the Woods by Tana French, Mm. um, which I think has been a fairly popular book. I've seen it everywhere. Um, It's interesting. But to me, again, the word mud comes up. I can't mm-hmm. quite, it doesn't seem to be able to land on its voice mm-hmm. about how it wants to tell the story. It's mm-hmm. a, mur- it's kind of a murder mystery. Um, it, it, I don't know whether it has any supernatural elements to it yet or not, or if it's just kind of creepy, mm-hmm. um, which of course I'm drawn to. Right. But um, <laughs> naturally, it, it plays a lot inside of the um, protagonist's head. Mm hmm. And that can get, that's difficult to write. It's, difficult it's to write very that. difficult to write. Yeah. And it's, it's very difficult to keep your reader mm-hmm. going along with it because you are processing reality through this guy's head. And sometimes <clears throat> you're not quite sure whether or not what you're seeing is what's real mm-hmm. or what he is trying to say is his perception or whatever, but uh, I'll, I'll definitely finish it because of my friend recommended it and he's, he's really great at book recommendations. So that's what I'm on right now. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So nice. did you watch any of the new TV shows coming out or are you streaming right now? Uh, I'm streaming mostly. Um, I, I haven't caught up my, um, I have Hulu plus and I get, you know, notifications when new shows that I watch are up and, I think I got four new shows in my queue this morning, yeah, yeah. so everything is sort of hitting at the same time. But I haven't had, I haven't had time to catch up on it. And um, I've started a new tradition for myself. Um, I started watching the Jimmy Fallon clips from the Tonight Show on YouTube um, and really enjoying them. Like 
like I don't usually watch shows like that. It's not yeah, like where I go. Uh, so I started watching his his episodes the next morning, like in the morning over my coffee. Like instead of watching like the Today Show or whatever, I'm watching Jimmy Fallon's Tonight Show. So um, you know you're old when you watch the Tonight Show in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> Like, seriously, feels so old. I'm like, this is on way too late for me to be up. So I'm watching it in the morning. But it's awesome. And Jimmy Fallon is doing a great job as as host. And um, he is just so exuberant. Like, you can tell that he is so happy. Yeah. He is so yeah. happy. And that just, like, permeates everything in the show. And so I've, I've really been enjoying that. And he, he does these, like, crazy bits like he did um, – bowling ball uh pool with Hugh Jackman oh my god <laughs> which was just ridiculous and and like it was just it was it was hilarious and uh Hugh Jackman was great and he does these he did a, a an eating contest with Glenn Close oh my god like where they couldn't use like like they had to eat spaghetti with whisks oh and nachos with salad tongs and then a blueberry pie with their face like with no hands this is Glenn Close. Glenn Close. Uh, oh, gosh. I, you have to go watch it. Uh, does he coordinate with them ahead of time? He he has to. Like, I mean, you, you can't, like, just spring, you know? <laughs> uh, excuse me, Glenn Close. I'd like Glenn you to Close. stick your face in a blueberry Here's pie. a blueberry pie I want you to stick your face into. <laughs> Julia Roberts, he did a thing called uh, Face Balls, where they took these big, like, plastic, clear... Uh, beach balls and they threw them at each other's faces with like one of those super slow motion cameras so you get uh-huh. to see like how their face moves with it i mean it was brilliant and wasn't and he, he doing wasn't he she doing some somersaults too though in one no um hallie berry did um this is how we roll is another segment that he has where they do like that you know you grab someone's uh-huh. um legs Ankles and, and- yeah, yeah, and they roll across. He's done that with like several female actresses. Um, it's just the level. But what's cool about that to me is that the the celebrities are having fun too. Yeah, that's exactly it. Is that you see the side of these celebrities that you would never see anywhere else, and yeah. and he's like, lo- you know, like he's loving it with Julie Roberts. He was like, please come back on my show, please come back. You know, like he's hitting her in the face with these like big black balls he's like you're america's sweetheart and i'm about to hit you in the face with a ball (laughs) it's just so great and it is like they show their humility and they show that they're good sports and and more really truly like that they're real people in a way that i haven't seen in any other thing and and they make great production promotion for the production because i wouldn't be watching the show every day yeah if i hadn't watched the lip sync battles and these like crazy things that he does i mean they're just so great but everybody is enjoying themselves like everybody wow that's cool and watching that really makes it really makes the whole thing worthwhile so um, Jimmy Fallon is I have to admit giving Will Wheaton a run for his my celebrity crush money mm-hmm. because he's just so happy yeah <laughs> and, you know he the way he talks about his wife and his daughter I'm just like oh I Aww. you know I, I love this I love anyway so anyway cool the tonight show Jimmy Fallon <laughs> what about you have you checked out the new shows um, yeah, that's one positive thing about being on vacation <laughs> is I've actually been able to sit down and catch some of this. Um, I caught awesome. Gotham and on Fox. 
Forever on ABC, the Red Band Society on Fox, uh, The Mysteries of Laura. I miss Scorpion. I've got to go back and check it out on streaming. And NCIS New Orleans. And I'd have to say, um, someone told me that the feedback on Scorpion was Gotham was good, but Scorpion did better. And that Mm. made me very happy because I thought they did a great job on Gotham. Okay. I was very happy with Gotham. Um, Forever had some disappointing moments in it, but then they kind of turned it around. So in a way they kind of gave me a twist. Mm -hmm. They sent me a one direction and it made me go, Oh man, they're not going here and then changed it. Right. So I'll still check out a couple of times of that. Yeah. Um, It's always hard. The first episodes. Yes. Um, the same way with the mysteries of Laura first episode. Um, I watched actually with my sister and we sat there and we were like, Oh man, I wanted that to be good. (laughs) The second episode was better. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I hope they do more with it because Deborah Messing is so awesome. Yeah. She is really great. And she's, she's sort of been underutilized in the shows she's been at recently. Uh, you know what I I feel like Matthew Perry is, yes, you just, they don't know how to use him. He's brilliant. Right. Yeah. And they just don't know what to do. They haven't gotten a vehicle yet. Um, I watched, uh, the pilot episode of selfie. Oh yeah. Yeah. You watched it. Did you watch it? Yes. Yeah. I'm, I'm kind of liking, I'm love that it's, um, it's my fair lady. Yes. Retold. I didn't know that when I went to watch it. And I'm like, I know these characters. Yeah. <laughs> well, I know and, this story. <laughs> and when it was being talked about originally before the, the pilot came out, people were trashing it. And I went and watched it and I wasn't expecting much. I was like, well, what is the problem? This yeah. is really... I thought I it was like cute. This. Yeah, it was cute. It was fun. It was, you know, lighthearted, but had kind of a serious, you know, theme to it. I, I didn't... I know I've, I've seen people on Twitter, you know, going, oh, I'm never going to watch a show called Selfie or whatever. Or even yeah. if it's about My Fair Lady, I'm not doing this. And I'm like, I think it's cute. It was charming. It was charming. It was warm. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Funny, yeah. You know. It had and the things it, it was supposed to have. Yes. <laughs> well, it, the writing is definitely better than NCIS New Orleans. Yeah, no doubt. Oh, my God. Did they frack that up? <laughs> You've got Scott Bakula, for God's sake. Yeah. Don't, don't screw it up. But the writing is, is not just juvenile. It just doesn't even seem, it, it doesn't rise to uh, network television level. It's just so expected and plain. Mm-hmm. And then all of the accents, there's every person on the show has a different accent. Mm. What the hell is that? Yeah. Uh, I've never been so disappointed. I, I don't think I'll be able to sit through it and enjoy that yeah. at all. Yeah. Oh, what a mess. Yeah. Have you been playing anything? I have. Um, I wrote on the site a little bit about um, my auto level 90 that I got with oh, my yeah. expansion, with my monk. So I have I have a, a tank now. Um, and this is a completely new thing for me because I've been playing sort of backseat, you know, DPS damage per second support mm-hmm. damage roles for most of my MMO life, my MMO RPG life. Uh, so to take the tank and sort of the center, the center attack aggro person is a completely different thing for me. So I'm having a lot of fun with it. Uh, it's definitely different play style. So that's making everything, you know, one of the reasons why I went back to WoW was because it was so familiar. And now I've just turned that completely on its head. <laughs> yep. Uh, but I also got a chance last weekend to finally play uh, a birthday gift that you sent me. Board game? Yes. 
Forbidden Desert. Ah, some game. It is so much fun. I was kind of worried because I love Forbidden Island, um, Mm -hmm. but I love the mechanics in Forbidden Desert even better. Like that's what I've heard. Yeah, it's it is great. It is just absolutely great. Uh, I love the roles. I love that different people do different things. It's kind of like a mashup of um, Pandemic and Forbidden Island. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Really kind of put those two together. And I love both those games. So it's it did a really nice job with that. So It's easy to explain. Yep. yep. You can yank it out at any group session yep. and explain it and everybody can play. It would be a great gateway game. Yes. A great, you know, infection vector to get people started. Um, as the most collaborative games are, but I think Forbidden Desert is in particular because of the roles people have mm-hmm. and the way it plays. I think it is really, it really awesome. is outstanding. So thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> so what have you, you had some, ch- you've been on vacation, you've been home gaming with family? Yes. So it's been all tabletop games, mm-hmm. which is really awesome because um, we also, it's, it's September and we had our Christmas Uh, Because we have some family that's from out of the country, and Uh, this is the only time of year they can come in. Yeah. So we have our Christmas. And so we got to, I knew, it's like we got to exchange games. Right. (laughs) Um, So I got uh, King of Tokyo. Nice. Oh, I love King of Tokyo. Yeah. We never never got a chance to play that, but I'm so excited I have it. It's fun. You'll love it with your game group. We'll love it. Yes. Um, We played Sequence. Um, have you ever heard of that one? I have. Yeah, it's an yeah. old, an old, old school. Yeah, right? but it's so much fun with groups. It is. And we it play is teams. Yeah. yeah, yeah, nice. And I gave my mom love letters. Nice. Talked about that on the show before, and yeah. that's a great uh, warm up game. I love that warm up game. And we played dominoes. Nice. I mean, so many domino games. School. Yeah, old school. Tons. Love, love dominoes. I haven't played dominoes in years, but I love dominoes. Yeah, it's it's super great. Yeah. Well. Let us know how you've been geeking out. There's a lot of television on, uh, so-so movies out right now. But let us know uh, if you've seen or heard of anything new that we should talk about. You've been listening to Game On Girl. You can find all our social media connections on our website at GameOnGirl.com. I'm the co-host, Rhonda Oglesby. I'm on Tumblr and Instagram and Twitter. Uh, Twitter, you can find me at RoRoom, that's R-H-O-R-H-O-O-M, or email me at Rhonda at GameOnGirl.com. And uh, I get notifications when comments are made on the website. We all do. So if you uh, make a comment out there, we, we catch all that. And I'm your host, Regina McMenemy, or Doc Liz with two Zs. As I'm known on Twitter and Steam and various and sundry other places, there's a new social media now called L O E L L O. Oh, crap. Yeah, there's a new one. <laughs> I'm also on that as Doc Liz with two Zs. <laughs> oh, crap. Well, what kind of what kind of media is that one? Uh, it's kind of trying, I think, from I only just signed up for it yesterday. I got an it's by invite only right now. It's in beta stage. Um, it's an advertising free social media. So it's essentially trying to take, I think, Facebook and Twitter, because it's using kind of components of each of those, mashing them together and having no ads. Okay. So we'll see how it goes. I'm I'm always curious to see if there's something that's going to overtake the evil yeah. social media empire. <laughs> I'm not. Yeah, and I I I'm so hesitant and and 
I, I guess I fight the social media thing. Yeah. I like it, but at the same time, I, I, I like it in doses. And so yeah. I'm not, I definitely won't be an early adopter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just, I like to, I like to be in things. I like to see what's happening with them. And I yeah. like to see the evolution. Like I watched the evolution of Google plus. I really wish that that more people would have sort of moved over to Google plus that uh, when it was launched. But anyway, that's another long story. Well, you'll have to let us know. Yeah, I will. I will. Uh, we have a big event coming up in October. I'm so excited. <laughs> It is just mere weeks away now. Uh, Game on Girl will have a rather large presence at Geek Girl Con. Yes. Yes. Yes, we will. Rhonda, Isabella, and I will all be there. Um, yeah, and we're going to get to um, um, hook up with a lot of the ladies and, and people mm -hmm. that we've talked to over the past year. Tara yep. will be there. Tara Fulbright. Awesome. And yeah, can't wait. Oh. Yeah, there's, there's just, yeah, it's a great event. I've been, uh, I think I'm the only one of the three of us who's been before. Um, and Jessica Marzen, uh, quoted it as a true community, uh, when mm -hmm. she was on our show, um, so long ago now. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it is a great, it's a great place. And for those of you who've been following the show for a long time, know that Rhonda and I are on opposite sides of the country. Yeah. So the fact that we get to see each other pretty much once a year these days at a con. Mm -hmm. um, so this is our big event for the year. Uh, and I can't wait. It's going to be a good time. It's going to be, and I'm delighted that Isabella is going to be able to join us. So it's going to yeah, be fun. Yeah, and then I'll be the first time I meet her. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So we'll have, we'll have uh, sort of our, some of our core group of Game on Girl at uh, Geek Girl Con. So if you're going to be at Geek Girl Con, uh, make sure to let us know. Make sure to, uh, to let us know where you're going to be. The schedule just yeah. came out. I have not had a chance to look at it yet. Oh, it has? But it came out, like, I think Tuesday or Wednesday this week. Oh, good. Um, good, good. So it is out. So it's up there to look at. So make sure to go and look and let us know where you're going to be. Let us know some panels you're going to go to. Maybe we'd be interested in going to those, too. And we're definitely, you know, willing and able to meet up and chat with people. So hit us up. Very excited. Yeah, it's very exciting. Um, the only other things coming up right now, uh, I, you know... Movies are so disappointing these days, but Gone Girl will be coming out. And anybody who read the novel by Gillian Flynn, um, very good book. Uh, the ending very much disappointed me. So I'm actually looking forward to watching the movie because oh. some it, the script is also written by Gillian Flynn. Oh, okay. So that's a positive thing. So yeah. I'm I'm kind of excited to see a. a someone else tell the story and me sit and receive it and see if I receive it differently. And I take a new view on the book. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I'm kind of excited about that. Cool. And all, all new, you know, the TV season is just still going strong. So yeah. happy. <laughs> and David Tennant's going to be on Fox. Oh, Grace point. Exciting. Yeah. Exciting. New, new life for an old doctor. Yeah. <laughs> Are you doctor? Who's, Whovilles. The Whovians. 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 Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening. Game on Girl is available on iTunes and Stitcher streaming. These links, along with references made in the show, can be found on our website, gameongirl.com. This podcast is edited by Ryan Broom at Desert Tree Media, and the theme song, Good Day, by Triple Fox, is used under a Creative Commons attribution license. Thanks so much for listening, and until next time, game on! Game on!